the Laps Factor Podcast. What is up, lacrosse fans? You are watching the 184th episode of the Lax Factor Podcast. I think that's what it is. I am your host, uh, Ted Hoost. I missed last week because I was sick again, uh, this time a little bit more severely. So I'm back this week. We're going to do a show today previewing the first college lacrosse game of the season, Bellarmine and Mercer. And we'll be back tomorrow to uh, do a, a wrap-up of this game, and we'll do some previewing into uh, next week's games as well. Before I get into it, as always, you can like and subscribe, hit the notification bell, all that crap if you're watching on YouTube. You can find us anywhere where you find podcasts. Uh, uh, Spotify, we actually have the audio and the video. Apple Podcasts, Google, everywhere. And as always, you can go to laxfactor.com to support us. we got a shop here with t-shirts and all sorts of other crap on here that you can buy and uh, help support the podcast that way. But let's get right into this here, and let's talk about this game. The lone game on the college lacrosse schedule today, it is a rematch of last year's game that Bellarmine won. Bellarmine won both of the contests against Mercer. They won the opening uh, season game against Mercer, and then they won their last game of the regular season against Mercer as well. I think they actually won by three goals in the, uh, I think they won by two in the first game and three in the last game. Uh, So we all got to watch this game last year thanks to an injured, I think it was an injured Bellarmine player who recorded the game on his cell phone, and then at halftime he had to hastily find a charger for his phone so that he could continue to uh, show the game to everybody. And it was pretty—it was actually pretty cool seeing it because you know everybody wanted to see the game. It wasn't being streamed anywhere. This kid started streaming it, and I believe through his Twitter account, and we all watched it. And uh, it was it was cool. It was cool. Uh, but this year, there's going to be some things that are different. Bellerman and Mercer no longer, or uh, Bellerman and Mercer are no longer playing in the same conference. That's that's one. It's not a big deal uh, because it's still a rivalry. That the, and, and and being that these guys know all eyes are on them today. It's not a nationally televised game, although it will be streaming legitimately today. But you know these guys are going to be playing and treating this like a nationally televised game because in terms of viewership, it's going to be off the charts. People are going to be watching this game like crazy. Um, uh, so Bellerman, they joined the ASUN conference with Air Force, Utah, Cleveland State, Detroit Mercy, and Robert Morris. So that's cool for Bellerman. But another big difference here in this week's opening game is last year uh, was they uh, Mercer played without Sean Goldsmith. Sean Goldsmith, uh, their best player, very exciting offensive player, dynamic, can do all sorts of cool crap. He will hopefully be healthy. I, I thought I saw a scrimmage earlier in the season that he didn't suit up for. So we'll see how that goes. He missed half of the season last year injured, but put up solid numbers despite that, going 18 and 10, score, outscored most of Bellerman's roster despite the fact he played far less games. And uh, Taylor Dooley is the only other top returner back for Mercer. He was 14 and 7 last year, but when you go down the roster, they have a couple of, they have a graduate student and a senior, uh, both that have put up some points here and there. So there's there's reason to be optimistic and to assume that Mercer is going to be able to put up some points here, especially because Bellerman's defense is not the same defense they put on the, the, the field last year. They weren't that great last year, but they weren't terrible, and they're far more inexperienced this year. Three of Bellerman's top four defenders haven't stepped on a field yet for a, uh, a collegiate team. I was supposed to show you here. Little little pick a goldsmith, a little pick a dually here. Dooley doesn't even have any any action shots, which is a little bit scary for Mercer. 
Um, so, yeah, Bellerman, very inexperienced on defense. Three or four top defenders haven't stepped on a field yet. John Robbins, preseason A-Sun all-conference selection. He's going to be the guy that's going to have to anchor that defense overall. I like the beard, man. That's a nice That's a nice woodchuck beard that Robbins is rocking. But uh, actually, pretty good-sized kid here. What is he? Oh, no, he's not. He, you know, that looks like a – look at that picture. You would say, hey, that's a decent-sized kid because he is. He's thick and all that. But then you come down here, 5'9", 185. But I wouldn't want to scrap with him. Looks like he might have wrestled in high school, too. You never never scrap with a wrestler. Never scrap with a dude who has cauliflower ear. I, I, I bet you might see some cauliflower ear under there. I, I digress. Anyway, J.C. Higginbottom. The keeper uh, for Bellerman, very capable keeper. I'd like to say that he, he's actually a, a more than capable keeper that's just played on a team that, you know, they, they're not that great defensively. He posted 52.3% save percentage last year, despite Bellerman's, uh, despite his four and eight record between the pipes. So, I mean, the Beller, and, and, and the only kicker for him, the Bellerman defense was quite a bit more experienced uh, last year than they are this year. So I feel like the most you could ask of, of Higginbottom is, hey, man, stay above 50%. And that would probably be a pretty solid season for him. But he's he, good form, good technique. He's a solid goalkeeper. And, uh, and they'll have him for another year or two, I think, also. So that's good for them on the defensive side of the ball because, he'll, you know, where you're inexperienced, it's good to have an experienced goalie in net for you. On offense for Bellerman. We've got Kyle Playstead. He is the top returning scorer. Uh, where did I put his points here? 16 and 13 last year for Playstead, top guy. They got three of their top five scorers back, so that is a good thing for Bellarmine. O'Rourke and Legnard, or Legnard, I don't know how to pronounce that. Leg, Leg, Legger, Legnard? Legnard? I don't know. But they're back. Uh, that's three of their top five. So that will help them a little bit. And then defensively for Mercer, they were not good last year. I think they ranked outside of the, the top 40 in defense. And uh, Colin Kelly, though, posted a 51% save percentage in cage. He doesn't have an action shot either for uh, Mercer. So the Mercer defense, like I said, not really all that great. So so it's not like Bellerman offensively isn't going to get their chances, but I still think Mercer has a little bit more experience at least coming back. In terms of how that talent shakes out, I'm not entirely sure, but uh, we'll see. Now the keys to this game overall are going to be at the faceoff dot to start here. Uh, Ashton Wood, this dude murked Bellerman last year. Uh, he was 11th nationally overall at the faceoff dot, winning 60% of his draws, but he won 92%. Whoops. He won 92% of his draws last year in the two games against Bellerman. So that's going to be a huge key in this game because you have an inexperienced defense in Bellerman. You have a faceoff guy that absolutely massacred his competition against Bellerman last year. If he does that again this year with Goldsmith back, with a slightly better Mercer defense, an experienced Mercer goalkeeper, and the offense at Mercer, you know, we know that they're going to be better as long as Goldsmith is healthy, healthy and on the field. That could end up getting ugly. I don't think it's going to get ugly because the kicker being, despite winning 92% of those draws, Mercer lost both of those games. So that is actually terrible. And that's partly due to the next key of the game is turnovers. 
Bellerman forced Mercer into fit. They didn't force Mercer into 55 plus turnovers, but they Mercer committed 55 plus turnovers in the two games that they played against Bellerman. In that first game, they committed, I believe, 30 plus turnovers, and I think 17 of them were in fact forced turnovers. So that's going to be a big key as well. They can win some draws, and Woods going to win them those draws. But if you can't hold on to the ball, that doesn't matter in terms of being able to put points up on the board and uh, offensively. So. Overall, I think we're going to see a good game today. These guys hate each other. These guys are going to feel like this is a nationally televised game, despite the fact it's not. But I think the viewership is going to be at that level. Lacrosse Twitter is going to be blowing up. Hit hit up Lacrosse Twitter, uh, twitter.com forward slash laxfactor, uh, at laxfactor is my Twitter handle. And I'm trying to be more active there. I've never been a big Twitter fan. I'm not a big social media fan, but I suppose I have to be. So we'll try to put a lot more content up on uh, Instagram and between Facebook. Facebook and all this other crap here, uh, Twitter, probably Facebook will put the least up. We just throw the podcast up on Facebook and that's it because everybody knows Facebook's for geezers. So in this one here, it's a short, short show today because like I said, we're just talking about this one game, but my prediction is Mercer by a goal. I think it's going to come right down to the wire. I think Mercer wins by a goal. I think that Wood will win a lot at the faceoff dot. I think that Mercer knowing, Hey, we committed uh, uh, huge errors in terms of 31-plus or 30-plus turnovers in that first game against Bellerman last year, I think they're going to clean that up quite a bit. And so long as they can clean up the turnovers, it might not even be a one-goal game. It could end up legitimately being a two, three, four-goal game. I don't think you're going to see anyone get waxed here unless the inexperience on Bellerman's defensive side really shines through. I think even if they're, they, they have a rough go, I think Higginbottom can do a good job trying to keep them in the game a little bit. So I'm thinking a tight game. One goal by Mercer. I predict Goldsmith's going to have somewhere in the area five or six points. He had a seven-point game against Utah last year. And uh, let's let's check that out here. We can look at his stats and see what he did game by game. Oh, they're not going to give us his game by game stats. But you can see the kid can put points up on the board, and I think I think he's going to have a day. I suspect he's going to end up drawing Robbins, so that'll be a matchup to watch is Robbins against Goldsmith, assuming that's how that plays out. So we'll see, but I bet you Goldsmith, five points. I think uh, Mercer wins by a goal. If the defense really plays terrible for Bellarmine and they just murk him at the faceoff dot, it could be four or five. It could turn into a bloodbath, but I doubt it. So that's it, man. I Like I said, I, I was out. Last week, I had all these grand plans to do a huge, huge review last week, but I ended up having some weird heart racing issues that lasted for about two weeks or so. And uh, so there was no way I could talk through an entire podcast. And today, uh, I'm only just now starting to kind of feel it well up here. So that was a good job. 10 minutes. I got through 10 minutes. Tomorrow may end up having to be short too, because uh, talking seems to set me off here. So that's it. I'm going to stop rambling. I'm going to let you guys go. I will be back tomorrow morning with the wrap-up of this game as well as uh, going through and talking about the games for next week and previewing some more teams and things like that. So as always, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. You can go to laxfactor.com and uh, you can you know watch all these videos. We have the audio podcast up there as well, or you can listen wherever you listen. And uh, that's it. Hoost is out.